So welcome back to your new favorite travel podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Roxford, and I just wanted to start start this week's episode with a heartfelt thank you to every single one of all you who just tune in every week. Keep sending me your feedback, keep sending me your love, and keep sharing it with anybody you think will enjoy spending a half an hour with us at Bacchanal Abroad. So this week for episode four, my friends Belinda and Nakoya are here to talk about our experiences living in Colombia and Spain. So please guys, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Belinda. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, Trinidad. And yeah, I'm here as an English language assistant with BEDA, with the BEDA program. This is my second year here. My first year I was in Madrid and now I'm in Oviedo, Asturias for my second year. Okay, hi, I'm Nakoya and I'm from Jamaica. I lived in Vegetopan, Colombia, and um, I was there for two years. Initially, I was supposed to be there for one, uh-huh. but uh, I ended up spending two years, and I enjoyed the experience, really. And then I went there 2017, and I left in summer of last year. Then I went to Jamaica for the summer and came to Spain, well, came to Madrid in September. And yeah, this is my first year. I'm also a language assistant, and I'm in the center as well. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever introduced myself on the podcast. So my name is Anika Lee. Um, I lived in Colombia for two years as well, but I lived in two different cities. I lived in Bogota, and I lived in Cincelejo. And then I moved to Spain. So I also went back to Trinidad for a summer, and I moved here in 2017. Yeah. And this is my third year in Madrid. And yeah, so we all have that. Belinda, how long were you in Colombia for again? Um, I was there for just one year. Just my one first, year. Yeah, the, yeah, the first year. Well, the only year I was in Bogota. Okay. And then I also went back to Trinidad after that uh, to do my master's. And then I decided to apply to come to Madrid. Yeah. With the beta program. Yeah. So many of us have that similar experience here that we taught English yeah. in Colombia that we moved here to Spain. Um, so let's start with Colombia. We all lived in three different cities. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you live in a city that I don't think many people know, Valle du Par. Can you say it again? I love the way you say it. Valle du Par. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to say it that way. <laughs> what was that experience like there? And where is it exactly? Okay, so Valle du Par is in the northern coast of Colombia. It's closest to. Barranquilla. Okay. And I am not going to lie. The first day, I remember the first day when we got there because I had a roommate who, who's Jamaican as well. So when we got there, we were like, wait, why does this look like somewhere in Jamaica? It looks so much like the countryside back home. <laughs> we're like, no, no, no. This is back in Jamaica. <laughs> I had that experience in the North too because Cincelejo is up on that side. Yeah, yeah. On the Caribbean coast. And I know, Belinda, you would have traveled a lot extensively through Colombia. So you also, you also visited the Caribbean coast. Did it feel like... Home? Yeah, the coast actually is just like Trinidad. It reminded yeah. me a lot. I went to about, you know, Trinidad and stuff because of the beach, you know, the climate, everything. Yeah. In Palomino, there's a Pomerac tree, Belinda. What? Yeah, so now it's in Pomerac. I love Do you know what Pomerac is? Yeah. No. No. I so don't. This, yeah, it's like this small red fruit that we eat in Trinidad and well, we make chow with it. I don't know if you know what chow is, I know. <laughs> Wait, you guys I am lost here. 
Jamaica. Uh, maybe if we have it, we don't call it by that name, so I'm not uh-huh. sure. I'll send you a picture after. All right. <laughs> but yeah, tell us more about Valladupar, because neither of us have been. Okay, so Valladupar felt more like a, a village, you know? Mm-hmm. But the people there, they're very lively. They have this vibe that I think we can also associate with Caribbean people, because the way that they move, the way that they talk, the expressions that they use, it was yeah. just totally different. And it felt relatable. Despite I was a, a different language, uh-huh. it felt relatable. And I like that. Um, the food, I'm all for the food. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the food is a, is a must for me. I love their salty papas, their hot dogs. The best part of it for me was when they sprinkled the, um, the pineapple sauce. The pineapple Ooh. sauce, yes. That was and, amazing. And then they had like their, their pink sauce. I don't remember what they call it, but it was basically. Salsa rosada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically just ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. In Valledupar, did they listen to a lot of Vallenato? Oh my God. I know. Well, it is, I think, um, was it last year or the, or... 2018 but i don't remember they recently declared it as a heritage site for music so okay. like bayonato has been recognized now as a traditional something that's that requires cultural preservation so you know carlos vives when they had the bayonato festival and he basically drew the world's eyes to bayonato and bayonato so everyone's like yeah 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 <laughs> and that was one thing about the experience like i i think i went to colombia with the expectation of listening to a lot of salsa and um just being out there mainly salsa but when i got there specifically to bayonato i was very shocked <laughs> i was shocked because they barely played played any type of music otherwise from bayonato they played very little salsa everywhere you went there was salsa there was bayonato in the shop in the street everywhere. in the school it's just everywhere when we had festivals at school it was about bayonato so that for me was a bit too much that yeah, was the the sad part of the experience for me <laughs> yeah for me too like um so in Tintalejo I think it was the same thing everywhere you went it was Vianato and I also had that experience in Bogota I mean Bogota being the capital you, you even got like dance hall places like I remember there was this one club that was just like specialized in dance hall but we'll talk about that later <laughs> what yeah I don't remember the name of it but it was on the um the Septima it was high up on the Septima going towards um, La Candelaria. But anyway, um, with Vianato, it was just like too much. And it's the, what do you call that instrument? The accordion. The accordion. accordion. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, the first time I saw an accordion come out on a stage in Bogota, I was like, what's happening? I was like, <laughs> I was like is people actually play this? And then it started playing and it was like, nails on a chalkboard and I was like please make it stop and then everybody got up and they were like doing this sway from side to side dance and it's just like a raging party and I was like what is going on and then in my second year in Colombia I got sent to Cintelejo small town Mm -hmm. it felt like the capital of Vianato too and it was just like 
I can't believe this happened again. It was so bad that we found, <laughs> we found a bar that only played rock music. I'm, talk- I'm talking heavy metal. <laughs> oh gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> it was called La Catorce. And I'm telling you, I had some of the best nights of my life there. Because With the rock music? Yeah, because it wasn't by an auto. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think you, you understand my pain as well. But I like it though. It gives like a nice ambience. I don't know, because it's so unique and just different. Mm-hmm. You feel very, I don't know, tropical, Caribbean y when you hear it. Because it's just different. It's like with soca music for us. That's their yeah. thing, you know? Like soca is our thing, but Vayanato, that's like their thing. So I feel like it's, it's just unique. I feel like it's blasphemous to compare Vayanato and soca. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> No, but I'm just trying to like get a good no. point that is so unique, you know, like to yeah, yeah. like it's not something you find in all parts of the world. So yeah, that's true. That's true, definitely. But I did but they're very proud. I can tell you that. Yeah, they're very proud of it. I did end up um developing an appreciation for it. Uh when we went <laughs> to when we went to La Guajira, which is mm-hmm. a desert in the north of Colombia. Um for the people listening and we spent five days there uh all of us five of us including the driver in like you know one of those minivans crossing the desert and he only had one cd and it was oh my god <laughs> it was a diomedes <laughs> cd and diomedes is like the king of vallenato and i ca- i fell in love with it i fell in love with diomedes <laughs> <laughs> and his Bayonato. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I had no choice, right? But mm-hmm. I did leave I did leave the desert with a bee sting, a picker in my foot, and an appreciation for Bayonato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, small, small. Well, maybe because it was on repeat, you just had no other choice and you just fell in love with it after a while, like hearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is something that I do include. Like, I like to include it in my activities. I don't know if you guys have ever done, like, an ESL activity where you share mm. different snippets of songs or song, different songs. Where's my English? Songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I always play Vianato for them, and they're like, everybody's confused. And I'm just, <laughs> it's a great experiment. And, um, yeah, Belinda, tell us about your... Colombia experience oh I loved Colombia so much I mean like travel is subjective so everyone would have their own experience so your experience might be different from mine but I don't know like I don't care what nobody says like I love Colombia so much just being there I mean I was in Bogota so that's like on the Andes mountain so that in itself is such an amazing experience because you get exposure to everything you have the city life you have the mountains right there, so you could always get an ex- escape and just go up in the mountains and enjoy a nice hike, which I love to do. So I used to spend a lot of time doing that, just going on hikes every weekend. Or I remember my schedule was, um, like I had classes every day except on a Wednesday because everyone got a day off. I don't know if you guys had it like that. I like, do not remember. No, I no. think. Well, with us in our in the university that I was in, like we all had one day during the week off. So my day was Wednesday. And I used to go, I used to just like go find this new place 
on the mountains or I don't know, outside of Bogota by bus, like where you could go by bus easily and come back in one day, of course. So I used to look up like Google something before and just go on Wednesdays. It was kind of risky because I mean, it's a Wednesday. If you go on a week, yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's like during the week. Yeah, <laughs> and it's better to go to those kinds of places, uh, like on a Saturday or Sunday, because yeah, you might have more people. But so yeah, I love Colombia. I mean, the people—they were so friendly and just yeah. you felt you felt welcome anywhere you went. Like customer, I would always put customer service in Bogota at the top of the list like of, of amazing things in Bogota because every time you go in a store it's like a orden and like how can I help you and what do you need yeah and you know you just feel really welcome and over there and, and included so yeah. I like that the people they were really friendly I made a lot of friends still you know still have them so message them they always message me so that's one thing I like Mm-hmm. about that about Bogota yeah and like in comparison to here here in Spain like the amount of friends that I have from my experience mm-hmm. in Bulgaria, <laughs> this is my three years in Spain <laughs> yes Spanish friend oh my god same in Colombia you were just able to make so many friends because they were more open yeah yeah like, uh, to speak mm-hmm. English and and even if even if they didn't want to speak English, they spoke to you in Spanish and they were they were so open mm-hmm. and welcome. And I don't know, Nakoya, what has been your experience with like making friends in Colombia versus here in Spain? Um, in Colombia, I I went there, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And when I left there, I felt as if I left a part of me there. Definitely I know I left a piece of me there and I do have the intention of going back because I've made so many memories. Particularly sometimes when I'm here, I just think about the times that I had, the experiences that I had, the teachers, they were so warm, they were my friends. I mean, outside of school, we used to go out and party together. I felt more like I was a part of a family than to say, just be there with my coworkers. Mm -hmm. That was a really good experience. And even with my Spanish, I... I felt comfortable with making mistakes or anything like that. They were always so warm and yeah. friendly and helpful. So yeah. that was it. Um, being here now, I I don't know. They, I, they're friendly, but I don't know. I think it's just the, the warmth of the people that's different. It's completely yeah. different. It's a core friendliness. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, they're nice. But I, I'm still, I, I'm thinking maybe it's because I haven't spent a lot of time just yet, or maybe it's just culturally, it's just different, but um, it's not I always feel like same. you have to work your way, you know, like work your yeah. way into, like they don't, they wouldn't just come up to you. So that's what it felt like for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived with um, my friend, my only Spanish friend. She's, <laughs> she was actually my, my first roommate. So that's how we ended up being friends because. I mean, you live with the person and you eventually become friends with them. Yeah. So I had luck with that. But afterwards, I never really, I never really went out to any language exchanges or anything like that to make friends. I don't know. Uh, so it just never happened. Like I never did that either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but whereas in, in Colombia, I mean, and I don't know, that's like a difference too. Like when I stayed in Colombia, in Bogota, 
in my apartment, there were just so many of us. So, <laughs> you know, they all come at you at the same time. But here yeah. in Madrid, the apartments that I share is usually, it usually only has space for three people or maybe four people. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, that's like another difference there as to why yeah. Colombia was easier. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and for me, like my only Spanish friend, she is not quintessentially Spanish. So like when mm-hmm. people meet her, I think you met her, Belinda, Raquel. When oh, Raquel yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that she was from Colombia. <laughs> exactly. Everybody meets Raquel and they think, ah, she's like South American. Latina, she's yeah. Vibe. yeah, she's Latina. Her vibe is just like, like that. But no, she's Span- she's Spanish. She's from Madrid, born and raised. Her parents are from Madrid, and it's just like she's just so different. And that's probably the only reason why I connected with her so well. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like you say, Belinda, like you have to. I feel like you have to work so hard to become. Yeah. And, and we in the Caribbean, we just not accustomed to that. Like yeah. you just, you know, <laughs> it's like, hey, how are you going? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you just have a good find time something in common. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so different. And um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's something left to figure out. I don't know if you'll ever figure it out, but <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> um, for me, my first year in Colombia, I, I didn't really get to travel and explore as much as I would have liked to because the program that I was on, we made kind of like a stipend. It was not mm-hmm. a lot. It was less than a million pesos. And oh, yeah, yeah it, was, mm-hmm. it was a little rough. It was a little rough. Mm-hmm. free time that I did have I spent working like another teaching English job that actually paid me more than I than I earned at the university but I, I didn't have any time to travel you know so there was all this money I was like well there's no time because you spent it working but in my second year it was just like I just hit the road running Not road. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think I think I was fortunate enough because I lived in Cintalejo which is the again, on the Caribbean coast. And it's like three hours from Cartagena. Even though I never went to Cartagena until maybe the, until the end, end. And I was like, I'm going to go. Because I'm one of those people, I don't, I don't like tourist traps. Like I've been in Europe mm. for years mm. and I've never been to Paris. And it's not at the top oh, of yeah. That's just, like me with Barcelona. Like no, I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> don't go. Nicole, yeah. what was your experience like traveling around Colombia? And do you have like a favorite site or a place that you visited? You know, I was about to ask you as well if you rode on the motor taxis. Oh my gosh, I have a burn on my leg from the motor taxi. So I will never forget ah. that experience. I remember when they told me that the only form of transportation in Cincinnati was the motor taxi. I was like, I wanted to die. <laughs> you oh didn't God. like it that's so funny yeah like because you know like when you get placed and they tell you about your city and you're in touch with your coordinator she's like listing all of the things and i'm like what do you mean we have to <laughs> a motor a motorcycle i was like is that safe like what i've never i had never ridden on a motorcycle in my life <laughs> and so imagine going from that to this is your main form of transportation mm-hmm. and then not knowing that the shit burns your leg if you get mm-hmm. on the wrong side. And so now I have a huge scar. I'm just like, I have, <laughs> I'm scarred. Memories, down. memories from Cintalejo. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> like, favorite. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. Like oh. the, the thing for me was 
the efficiency of it because at times you would take the bus to school and mm-hmm. the bus would be stuck in traffic and you just jump on a motor and you just dilly dally through traffic and yeah. boom you're at school <laughs> i enjoyed it so much especially to feel the the wind on my skin it was just so nice i like in the movies <laughs> yes I enjoyed it. Yeah, I blowing in the wind. <laughs> you know, the thing that I hated the most was I don't know why they would always try to have a conversation with you. Yes. <laughs> I cannot hear you. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, there was this time I went to the mall on the back of a motor taxi and because I had on the helmet, mm-hmm. the dry the, the guy, he didn't try to talk to me. So I, I hopped off the bike and I paid the money and I was walking up to the mall and then I hear, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. So I'm like, why is this guy calling me? And he's like, the helmet. So I was walking away <laughs> with the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I was so comfortable, I didn't even realize I still had on the helmet. <laughs> Like, what the hell? Yeah. But it, it really was a different, an eye-opening experience. Because I was just remembering when I moved there, that was the only form of transportation. And it was like 1,500 pesos um, to go around on a moto. And then yeah. and then a taxi was 5,000. Uh, yeah. Regardless of where it was going. Because since then it was that small. And um, about three months in, they started like a bus system. I was like, oh, I'm lucky. But then the bus never ran <laughs> on a route. Because <laughs> it's so small, the routes never coincide. So from where I was living, it didn't pass by the university. Um, and if I wanted to do that, I have to take like two buses. And like the Koya pointed out, it would take much, much longer to mm-hmm. get to, to, to university than if I just hop on a moto and go. And the worst part is when it rained. Ah, that's terrible, yeah. Eyes. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> Yeah, what did you guys do? I have to spend my 5000 on a taxi. Because as a teacher, I can't can't miss class. (laughs) Wow, but what if the rain fell like while you were on the, you know, the motor taxi? That would be terrible. Yeah, where are you going to do at that point? (laughs) You're just soaking wet going to class like that. (laughs) I think I see people stop on the tree and thing. Oh, okay. Or like, you know, shelter under somebody galvanized. Yeah. Normally what happens is I huddle behind the rider and I'm just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> and you put your bag on your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, it was such a trip. But um, but yeah, back to that question about traveling around Colombia. What was you guys' experiences like? It was I... amazing. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it was great because you get to see different parts of Colombia and it honestly felt like if you were going to a different country. Yeah, because yeah. moving from Bogota, which is like the cold part of, of uh, yeah, moving from Bogota, which is like the cold part of Colombia, and then having to go to the coast, which is so warm and just, you know, tropical and just so nice. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it really feels like a, an entire different, like a, a different country. So that was cool. I did, I did um, a coastal trip with Taron and, and Gina and Laura. That was yeah. cool. We went to Santa Marta, Cartagena, and Barranquilla. So that was pretty amazing. Oh, and Parque Tairona, I would recommend. Like, people need to go there, honestly. If you I go had to an Columbia, adventure. <laughs> you had an adventure there? With that one, yeah, with Parque Tairona. Yeah. yeah. It's so <laughs> pretty. Oh, my God. It's really nice. I, when I went there, I went with my roommate, and... Um, we traveled 
by the way, back in Colombia, they called me Callejera. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> I never stayed at home, literally. Yeah, yeah, well. But that day when my, my, roommate, my roommate and I, we went to Cairona, we had to walk up. I think, like, you had to walk up the mountain. And then mm-hmm. we were walking for what seemed like about four hours. And then when we finally got to a beach that we assumed that that was the park, they're like, no, no, no. By the way, by the time we got there, it was like three, four in the afternoon. So we're like, all right, we're just going to spend like two hours here and then head back to the main entrance by six so we could catch the bus back to Santa Marta. Y'all went for a day? Yeah, we went for a day because we didn't didn't know the whole dynamics of, oh, camping overnight and all of that. Yeah. Also, we spent like two hours there and we're getting ready to leave. Some people passed us and they were like, wait, where are you guys going? We're not there yet. So we're like, what do you mean when I reach yet? We spent basically the whole day trying to get right here. What do you mean? And then they said to me, my friend, she was like, you know, we came this far and I don't want to come here. And then it turns out that we did actually get to the park. So she decided that, yes, she wanted to go to the park. Because the, the people who passed us, they told us that it would take like half an hour to get there. So we said, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. Half an hour became an hour and a half, okay? Oh when we got there, it was more like five o'clock. And then we just splashed around the beach, took some photos, and dashed back <laughs> down the mountainside. Now the most alarming yet hilarious part of this experience was because we wanted to get back to the main gate by six, we decided that we we're going to ride horses back down. Right, yeah. Girls, I don't know what possessed us to have thought of that idea. I almost died. (laughs) (laughs) Legit, because I, the guy who had the horses, he had this this way of whistling so that they would go faster or slower. So, like, while I'm there on the horse pulling the the reins for him to slow down, this guy is whistling for the horse to go faster down the mountainside. My roommate, she has a video of me cursing the whole way down the mountainside. <laughs> I was just so terrified. I was like, I'm never doing this again. When we got to the bottom, I was covered in mud. Uh-huh. The driver was just like, all right, I feel sorry for you. Just come on the front. You don't have to mix with the other people. Oh, my goodness. I was so terrified, but it was a good experience because I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's funny because I also had my, my first horse riding experience in, in Colombia. And it was in Salento, in Quindio. Ooh, Salento, yes. Yeah. What is, what is it? The Cocora Valley with the, with the tall trees? Yeah, with the palm trees, the wax palm trees, yeah. Yes. And so I met a German girl. That was my first solo trip ever, guys. And I was just like, I'm not leaving Colombia without going to Salento. So I paid for my bus and I almost missed the bus. Eh? I was real sleeper or something because I had just come back from Brazil and I was so tired. And I was like, but no, we're going to Salento. And I passed out and I woke up and I was like, oh shit, my bus. <laughs> and fortunately, I had packed before I fell asleep. So I grab all my stuff and I go. But anyway, and I met this German girl and then she was like, oh, there's this horse riding thing. Let's do it. I was like, I've never ridden a horse in my life. And I was just like, but you know what? We're here. We're going to do it. And it was the same experience, Nakoya, up and down the mountains. And I was like, 
I was dying on the inside. But I survived and it was marvelous. <laughs> we survived. I would do it again. I'd do it again for the first time too. <laughs> oh, no, we just went on foot. Like mm-hmm. I'm an on foot, you know. I like yeah. to walk and yeah. hike. So we the both both of them, Salento and Parquet, I don't know. We just walked and hiked up. Salento was death, honestly. That was like eight hours hiking. We started early in the morning yeah. and finished like late in the evening coming back it was already getting dark same thing with Parque Tairona oh we was already into the night walking and I think we won the horse trail we yeah. went on the trail for people which was oh. even more frightening because at one point in time this guy and his horse they passed us and we were just so freaked out and it was literally dark so dark like we couldn't see anything so you guys also, you guys also did not spend the night at the hammock Base. Yeah, we did, but you remember Parque Tairona is so big. So like right. when we got there, we the first place that we got to was Arecife. So we were right. we were gonna so we left our stuff there, our bags and everything, because we were gonna sleep on the hammocks mm-hmm. on for that night. So we decided to do the entire hike to go to Cabo San Juan, right. which is the last beach, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or probably I guess there are more, but that was like yeah. the last one, the last hiking um camping spot. So we passed a lot of beaches on the way and and yeah it was so long it was like really really long it took a long while to get there and when when we so we got there and then when it was time to go back it was already nightfall and i mean it was so dark and just scary but we made it back in time yeah. <laughs> well not in time well, but <laughs> safe <laughs> with with the travel experiences that i've had in colombia i think it gave me a boost in confidence to just travel by myself yeah and mm-hmm. now that i'm here the fear that i had before of traveling i especially by myself i no longer feel that fear i'm very comfortable i mean last yeah. christmas i took up myself and i traveled to um germany and czech republic yeah and i don't speak german and i don't speak czech but mm-hmm. this girl decided she was going to venture out and have fun and i enjoyed it so I thank Colombia for that specific experience Mm -hmm. of being on my own giving me that independence and liberation to travel yeah I could agree with you on that because I feel like it made me really independent too in that sense like being able to travel financially independent to me because you know you're out there on your own you have to learn to budget and you know plan stuff so it really did you know had a, a positive thing about it and now we're in Spain (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we all had such great things to say about Colombia. What about me? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Spain <laughs> has a beautiful landscape. I, based on what I've seen so far, it has a very beautiful landscape that I am yet to fully venture out and explore <laughs> all of it. So uh-huh. I, I still have a, mo- a few more steps to take here. Yeah. I would say that um, as far as the landscapes go, just like uh, as Belinda had pointed out before, in Colombia, it's just so diverse. And I felt like when I left my house in Colombia, my breath was taken away every single time. It was just Aww. like, I don't know. It, I just felt like I was in a storybook, like everywhere I went. Yeah. I was like, this is just, how is this real life? And I do mm. feel that way sometimes in Spain. But not all the time, like I did in Colombia. Mm. But as Nicoya said, Spain has Spain also has like a range of, of, of landscapes. 
it can be a bit dry at times, but I feel like the history of it, because Belinda, yes. we went down yeah. south for Christmas, and oh. that, that was, that was stunning. That is the Spain that you think about when, when you hear Spain, like everything that comes to mind, so, except paella, um, so the flamenco, <laughs> <laughs> the flamenco, like the women, uh, the way people dress, the, the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the food down there tastes so much better in my opinion. But yeah, for me, yeah. the thing about Spain I love is the history behind it. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah, I agree on that too. I love like I love history. I studied history up until A level, so I don't know, these things really interest me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um I agree with you on that. Like the history here is amazing. In Colombia too, I mean there was a lot, you know, to I learn, but here it's it's yeah. intense. Yeah, I feel like I don't know why, but I couldn't I couldn't really relate to Colombian history because it's not something that we learn about, even though it, it has a lot more to do with us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like the native. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Spanish history, too. At one point, Trinidad was a Spanish colony. But it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know why. It just I just seem to understand Spanish history more than Colombian history. Because, I mean, all the museums that I went to in Bogota, I went to um, Simon Bolivar's, I think it was his house or something, in mm-hmm. Santa Marta, something oh, okay. where he lived or something like that. And it was just like, I don't know, it just didn't resonate deeply with me. I was just like, okay, cool, this happened. <laughs> but like, here in Spain, it's just like, oh my God, the Moors, and they taught them mm-hmm. to bathe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's maybe because it's also like the history of Spain before mm-hmm. you were great. And then yes. you experience Spain after they were great. Because I mean, they first started all the discoveries and then, you know, they just disappeared into wherever they disappeared into. And here we are today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, being here. Um, well, you girls, you've been here longer than I have, but what I've seen so far, what I can make of it is I'm learning history from a different perspective. You know, we have Caribbean history and specifically Jamaican history. And we know about the colonies and the islands. And now it's like, you're learning about history from a colonizer's point of view, you know, and how their countries develop. Well, this country in particular, how it developed over the years. So for me, it is interesting. Um, I had a class at university and I saw so many sites that I had no idea that they, they existed. But seeing the class and seeing the sites with the history behind it, I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued because now I want to see this big, beautiful site, you know? So even I traveled to Saragossa and I went to the castle that was there. I was like, hmm, interesting. So these are the things that I... When I go to these sites, it's good to have the history behind it. So you kind of know what you're looking at, how it was developed, and who in particular helped with the, the development. 24 hours later. Yesterday, we were having a really good conversation. And then Zoom boot us off the call. So we are back to wrap up episode four with Belinda and with Nakoya. Um, Nakoya was talking about the different sites that you may have read about in like your history books and in history classes and like actually getting to see them in real life. 
So do you guys have like a place that that you've seen or heard about and then you finally got to see it and, and what was that first impression like or that impression seeing it in real life like? I'm still waiting to go to Toledo. I am oh, here. You haven't been to Toledo? <laughs> no. To be honest, I've been waiting. I don't know I've been waiting on. <laughs> but I, based on the conversations that we've had in the group, a lot of people have told me how beautiful Toledo is and the history. And I'm just like, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go. So that's still one thing that's left on my checklist that I need to do. Yeah, Toledo yeah, definitely is definitely one of those places that mm-hmm. I would say took my breath away. I didn't read about it or anything like that before, but I've been there three times, and each time is just when you learn something new, you see something different. It's full of so much history. Belinda, what was your experience like in Toledo? It was great. I actually did not think that it would have been so diverse, meaning that like architecturally influenced by the Muslims, by the Jews. And by the Christian. So I think, yeah, that was amazing to see. And we actually did a tour guide, no, when we went. We did, yeah, I, I think, <laughs> something. Oh, wait, no, I think that was what, yeah, we did. We ended up going to this free <laughs> tour or something. So that was kind of cool. Okay. And it was in Spanish, so it was a bit hard. But yeah, we learned stuff about, you know, the history of Toledo. So I would recommend that to anybody, actually. Yeah. Who is yeah. it? It's a it's a day trip from Madrid, basically. You can come mm. in the bus. It's not expensive, and you spend the whole day there. And Toledo is a vibe. But for me, I don't think I have a place either. I don't think there's a place that I read about or anything. There's an interesting story with the Prado Museum, though. So when really? I was in Form One, when I was in Form One, we had this um, activity in Spanish class where we had to write about a place in a Spanish-speaking country as if we had been there. And we write to a person and we talk about, you know, our visit there and we recommend it to our friend. So I wrote to Shakira, like if she was my friend. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Spain or any other Spanish-speaking country. And I just Googled like a place and the Prado was the first one that came up. So I talked about the Prado Museum in this little postcard thing. And I think I got like nine out of ten, but that wasn't the point. The point is... When I went home after my first year in Spain, I went home that summer and I found the postcard again. And I was like, oh my gosh, how, how cool is this? Like, you know, you're just out here <laughs> manifesting shit. Like, like true, <laughs> things that you didn't even, that didn't even occur to you that were possible. Because I personally, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I never really wanted to move to Spain. I, I'd never thought about it. Like, I loved Spanish, and I studied Spanish throughout high school and to university, but the move to Spain, I, that wasn't a thought. I don't know what happened for me. When I finished my degree, most of my family members were like, all right, so what are you going to do now? And I just remember the moment I finished, I just went straight to Colombia, and then I came here. And they're like, whoa, you don't stay home anymore. You're not here anymore. Yeah, yeah. they want to do something. Well, look at that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard about the legend of El Dorado? Oh. I've yeah. heard the name, but never heard the legend. <laughs> you know, like if you watch a lot of cartoons or maybe in some of the, the movies, yeah, like that would come up a lot. So it's basically this the city of gold that the conquistadores they always thought existed in um uh, 
you will so that's and they were looking for that because they heard about the gold and whatnot so in colombia there's the legend was actually born in in colombia in um guatavita so i heard about it and i was like oh let's go see what this is about and it was it's actually a hike to do so i went and i mean it was nothing like what i expected obviously because you know he had a legend of el dorado you know so i like i went and it's actually a lake so what happened is that is um the muiscas which was the native indians the native people from right. colombia they used to offer gold because you know that was that wasn't like like how we would think about gold they didn't think that gold is so like so valuable and, yeah you know you glorify it, use it for exchange or money or whatever so they offered gold to the gods and when the when the spanish people came they saw that and they that's that's kind of like where the legend was born right so the legend El Dorado it was born actually from that point in that lake mm-hmm. and i thought that that was really amazing so that's kind of like one of the things and you learn a lot too because in that hike we actually had a tour guide right. and he basically told us the history about it so that was very historical and you learn a lot too and i think that was like a highlight for me okay because it's so popular you know the legend of yeah, El Dorado exactly exactly i actually did go there too and it was oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just outside of Bogota, like an hour by bus. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a really cute small town. Tajana and I went together. And oh, yes. Yeah, I think I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, what do you think about the food? Which country has better food? Woo! Wow. <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> Colombia. Without a doubt. <laughs> Because you Colombian get the food, you know, everything. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we already talked about that. We talked about how much we love salty papas. Like, yes! <laughs> but my favorite food is bandeja paisa. Oh. oh I love me a bandeja paisa. I do not. Why not? Because for oh. me, well, right. Yeah, I remember yeah. I can't, I don't eat, like, um, yeah. beef and stuff. So yeah. that, that's just for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Uh-huh. But back in Colombia, my favorite soup oh, was no, no mondongo. No. <laughs> uh-huh. I loved it. I loved oh, it. Oh, and like that little dish of rice on the side and the aguacate, that was just everything for me. Okay, but you have to, I loved you it. have to explain what it is and what you love about it. Go. All right. So <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a soup made with cow intestines and, and I think it has cow skin. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But it was just so... <laughs> I love it. (laughs) It was nice. And then you just dip your rice in your soup and your piece of aguacate on the side and your agua panela. Yes. Now I feel like I miss Colombia and I want to go back just to have mondongo. (laughs) Wow, no. (laughs) The soup comes with rice and aguacate on the side. A good old ajiaco. Yes, I was just thinking that I love ajiaco. Let me tell you, the first, day, <laughs> the first day I went to school and had it, they gave us ripe banana. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with the banana? And they said, you put it in the soup. And I was like, what? They said, yes. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. So that was a culture shock for me. I did yeah. not expect to put ripe banana in soup. Yeah, that, that's real weird to me. Um, I like the ahi too that they serve with the soup all the time, you know. Be a little spicy. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Just give it a nice flavor. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, but yeah, to me, Colombian mm-hmm. food was very simple. It was always like rice. You'll always get like um, breasts, chicken breasts on, a la plancha. So like grilled chicken mm-hmm. breasts or like the fish grilled, some, some green salads and fresh salad. And, and that's it. Oh, we used to get... Like a, you, you squeeze a lime. You squeeze a lime. Oh, I can forget the lime. <laughs> and you always... Well, like, yeah. With a, a caldo, you know, started with the soup, like the the, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Colombia. Yeah, I think Colombian food pops Spanish food because yeah, definitely, and it still has flavor. I don't, I don't know what they they think they're doing here. <laughs> I and there too, I loved like the empanadas and the arepas. Oh, yes, how could I forget? That's like the doubles of Colombia. So right. good. <laughs> yeah, I used to look forward to every morning going to my university. Um, there was this couple that used to sell empanadas, and they had this spicy avocado sauce—not guacamole, guys. Mm. Spicy avocado sauce they used to put on the empanada. Uh, mm. Mind blown! It was just—it was perfect. Perfect. I just used to pull up mine with ahi all the time and be asking the people, "Oh, more hot, more ahi, yeah, please." More, more. <laughs> Yeah, and they used to just be watching me like, "What's wrong with that girl?" Yeah. <laughs> what was that white? There was this white sauce that they used to serve it with as well, ahi, and um, I don't remember what it's mayonnaise? called. No, it's yeah. not mayonnaise. <laughs> it's like a cream. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, but that was well, a good well, food. Like with green. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. know what. What? Suero is like a. It's, it was milky. It was milky. Um, I remember in Cincelejo, they had it. And this guy, this guy used to, he used to like walk around with these huge bottles of it and just sell it. It used to be like hot potatoes. People, they loved Spero so much. I never really had it. It's I'm nice. Not, yeah. No, no, no. I know that it was like milk-based and I'm not. Spero. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys were on the coast. That was popular there. Right. It wasn't popular in Twitter, but I had it. I love it. I like to eat it with tahalas, which is oh. like the green... The half ripe plantain that they cut and fry, and you yeah. dip it with the suero. That's that's bomb. I like that. All right. Things to note for when I travel back to Colombia. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and tamales. What about tamales? I like the chicken ones. Yeah, that was like I I remember first thinking that it was pastel, but then it was rice in the fig leaf. Does the tamal right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked um, it. I liked lechona. Nah, I don't like that. I never had that one. <laughs> So lechona was lechona is very popular in Bogota, more in the interior. I think it's yeah. from I can't remember the name of the city, but it's not from Bogota. And basically, Nakoya, you you roast a pig and then oh. a whole pig, and then inside I don't know how if they cook the rice separate and then put it in the pig and like roast it again or something, but they would you would go and you would see at the restaurants the whole pig and his mouth wide open and everything stuffed with the rice and they serve it like from there and it was just like oh okay but it tastes so good (laughs) (laughs) hold on um don't they do that here but i think in segovia i think somebody had mentioned it to me but i never tried it but it's like in segovia yeah yeah it's like small pigs cochinillo i think it is or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Never had it. I still haven't been to Segovia, which everybody also says is um, one of those like great historical sites to see because it's home. It's of nice. The, yeah, the Roman aqueduct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still haven't been there. All right, guys. So 
to wrap up this episode, tips and advice for traveling to Colombia and Spain? <laughs> okay, I think every everyone who has the opportunity to travel, travel because it's going to open your eyes so much to the world, not just to the world, but to yourself. The, the amount of growth that you experience personally, wow. Wow. I don't think you could get that by just staying within your country or being at home, really. Because it exposes you to other cultures and how well you can adjust. And just to be independent. And it teaches you things about yourself that you would have never had back at home, honestly. Yeah. that's Well, that's just been my experience. And I think most of us can attest to that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, Nakoya. Belinda, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree with you too. Um, just, yeah, go out of your comfort zone, you know, and don't, like, don't study what people say, like, before when, you know, like, for example, Colombia, people would have a lot of, like, an, only a negative perspective exactly. about it, and, you know, oh, why are you going there, you know, it's such a dangerous country, but you have to go there and experience it yourself, because it's, I mean, it was not what I expected, it was so beautiful, and just, so different and you meet a lot of you know you make a lot of new friends you get to like Nakoya said you learn a different like a different culture different food different people so yeah just definitely travel while you have this opportunity while we you know while you could do it right now yeah and yeah yeah I I definitely want to add um on that point about people's negative um ideas about places i just want to say just leave all of your expectations at home when you travel especially to colombia um and, and any place that people say is dangerous um for me i like when i travel i don't i don't even like look up things about the places i just go and i just mm-hmm. take it as it comes like i i feel like a lot of people expect so much like you know you see your friends have this version of um this version of their experience of colombia and you want the same thing i feel like people yeah. see the way that we live here in spain and they feel like when they move here that's exactly the kind of thing that they're going to experience too but it's <laughs> fun for everybody and um and yeah the most important part when you're traveling is to to leave all the expectations and just and just be prepared to learn, to learn as much as you can about yourself, about the new place, about the world that we live in. It's an experience mm-hmm. that you should have. And I am so happy and grateful for you, Nakoya and Belinda, for taking your time two days in a row to come talk to us <laughs> <laughs> about, about your experience in Spain and your experience in Colombia. And um, thank you guys so much for listening, everybody who is tuning in. And we'll see you back and back in all abroad for episode five. Bye. Bye. Bye.